This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I don't say, I don't dance, I don't do those anymore, anything I don't show, you won't try here anymore. For this final story of our first season, we find Michael and Bradley once again at their favorite pub. Michael has just sent the latest in a long line of texts in an imaginary conversation to a woman named Ellen. You'll recall that in episode 2, Ellen stood Michael up on a date and stopped responding to his text messages. Michael coped with this insult by creating a fictional relationship between the two of them, about which he would periodically message her. The most recent message outlines the final details of their would-be upcoming weekend holiday to New Orleans. Can you put down the phone for a minute and talk to me like a person? Fine. Hey, do you remember the receptionist in my office? The one you met when we had lunch a couple weeks ago? Not really. What does she look like? She's youngish, like maybe early 20s. Very tall, nose ring. She's African-American? Vaguely. What about her? So she started working at my office a couple months ago, right? She's super great, super thoughtful, intelligent. Well, well, about a week after she started, she started sending all these emails out to my company. They start off pretty innocuous. Does anyone know a good Korean restaurant? Anyone know a dry cleaner? You know, whatever. Just normal bullshit. Then they start getting a little bit weirder. Hey all, just wanted to tell you that I'm watching my favorite movie this weekend, Weekend at Bernie's 2. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. But today she pissed my boss off. She sent out a clip of a news anchor just having a complete meltdown and dropping a bunch of F-bombs and racial slurs against Asians. Within 15 minutes of that, her desk was cleared out and she was gone. Your boss comes away unscathed from someone saying that Weekend at Bernie's 2 is their favorite movie, but then this gets a girl shit-canned? Why was your boss so offended by that? She's Korean. That is amazing. Can I tell you why I hate your story, though? Why you hate it? First off, you lower your voice to say African-American? That's not racist. If anything, it's annoyingly politically correct. Say it like it's any other word. No, you're right. Also, just say black. I thought it was better and proper to say African-American. What if the black person you're talking about is from the Caribbean? Or what if they're French? You're white. That one's black. I actually say Caucasian a lot instead of white. I've noticed that. And you're white, and you're the only white person who does that. Okay, well, hold on. What about, like, yellow and red to describe races? Yeah, I don't really know how to respond to that because that is racist as hell. But you also describe that woman in your story as super thoughtful and intelligent. Then you tell a story where she proves she's not intelligent and definitely not thoughtful. You did that because you wanted to preface that you think she's great when really you don't. And honestly, that's the most racist thing of all. Holy shit. What? Ellen texted me back. Ellen? The girl you've been texting for months with no response? I was sure she was dead. What did she say to you? It's actually kind of funny. She's calling my bluff a little bit. I texted her earlier saying about, like, we're making these plans to go down to New Orleans. Now she says she'll see me at the airport, and she can't wait. That is unbelievable, as in not believable. Are you going to meet her? Oh yeah, and the words of my friend Brad, none of us make it out of here alive. Michael convinces Ellen, 27, to meet him at an art opening prior to their departure. Ellen, a transplant from suburban Los Angeles, has never been one to shy away from the unpredictable. At the age of 15, she embarked on a solo odyssey across the United States, to meet Cormac McCarthy, her favorite author. She found herself disappointed to discover that his nihilistic reputation was overstated, and he spent most of their meeting waxing poetic about his new puppy. She hopes that tonight's adventure will not disappoint, and has committed to continuing Michael's text message fantasy in real life. Did I leave my earbuds at your place? I've been looking for them everywhere. <laughs> I don't think so. I actually remember you putting them in when you left my apartment that morning. Hmm, weird. 
So how long can you possibly keep this lie up? Oh, I'm definitely committed. I can go until our 25th anniversary. <laughs> no, seriously. What were you doing texting me so many times? I mean, at first I thought you were insane. But once I realized what you were doing, it became pretty funny. I don't know. To tell you the truth, I'm not really sure. I was just really frustrated you stood me up that night. I don't know. I guess I thought it would be funny and, you know, hey, look, it worked out. It was, and it did. So, I genuinely owe you an apology for standing you up. I had some stuff happen that week that really threw me for a loop, and I completely forgot about meeting you. I was ignoring my phone that night, and when I saw all your texts, my stomach dropped. That's not really an excuse, but I want you to know that doesn't represent who I am. Oh, stop it, it's fine. To tell you the truth, I'd been stood up earlier that week. Uh, I was in a really bad place, but I've had a couple people talk me down since then, and at that point, you know, we hadn't even met yet. You didn't owe me a thing. But now that, hey, we've been dating for a few months, so we got some history, lady. Very true. But Mike, I've been meaning to tell you something. I feel like it's time we take this relationship to the next level. I've so enjoyed traveling around the country with you. Your parents are so sweet. My dad thinks of you as a son, or at least a pleasant nephew. I think it's time we finally take the plunge and go paint ceramic cups with each other's names on them. Ha! <laughs> she's cheesy, she's cute, she doesn't mind that you basically had a conversation with yourself for months on end. She sounds perfect for you. She really was, and her profile pics didn't do her justice at all. She's way more attractive in person. I was mesmerized by her, actually. First time I felt this way since Jacqueline. And even more important, if we end up getting married, I won't have to say that we met using some online dating app, because I have this whole other, you know, cute meetup story, and how I built it up with these text messages like a tidal wave. Holy shit, you just said so many intense things. You might want to take it down a notch when you're actually with her. Did you make plans to see her again? You're not worried that she might throw her phone away and stand you up a second time? Oh, yeah. No, we definitely made solid plans. She mentioned how much she's been having a craving for fried chicken lately. And I know that there's that new June Farmington fried chicken place on the Lower East Side. So we made plans to go down there next Thursday. All right. Well, you just got to be careful. Make sure she doesn't make any rude jokes to the waiter. Good. good. Your life is good. So we can move on to me now. I need to tell you something fucked up that happened, but I don't want you to get all sentimental on me. Just listen to what happened and don't act like I'm fragile and need help, okay? Okay. Go, go for it. So the other day I was on Facebook and I saw people from my hometown posting about a woman whose body had been found in a dumpster behind this bagel place That's where I actually had my first job and she'd been stabbed to death. Jesus. Yeah, so that kind of shook me up because I'd never really heard about a murder taking place in my hometown. And then earlier today I started getting messages from old friends because they identified the woman and it was a girl I dated in high school. My first girlfriend, actually. My God, Brad, I'm so sorry, man. That's horrific. Are you okay? Didn't I tell you not to do that? Sorry, it's natural reaction, man. Were you guys close? I wouldn't say close. Uh, we talk every couple of years, but she was married with a kid. I just feel really bad for her family, and a lot of people back home are really freaking out about it. Nobody has any idea who did it. I feel like you should probably do something and maybe try and take your mind off of it. Well, I have a third date tonight with this girl I've been fooling around with a bit, so that'll be a nice distraction. Oh, good. Do you like this one? I don't know. Uh, I want her, though. We fooled around a little already. Like you dry humped her? We went down on each other, like grown-ups, and then we did something a little bit more weird. I, I held my dick in my hand and started rubbing it against her vagina. I would stick it in a little, but only as much as wasn't in my hand. And then eventually, that was like half my dick, but we were both really carried away at that point. So I'd take my hand away, but then she put my hand back on my dick, which I guess to her was like not having sex because there's like a, a guard or something. And she said she didn't want to have sex on the second date, but I was like, we're already having sex. So whatever. She didn't agree, but she was fine with my hand guard. But, you know, felt good. Sounds weird, man. Why weird? You're such a prude. It was fun. I guess it was weird. I'm supposed to see a movie with her tonight, but I think I might just ask her to come over to my place and watch Fuller House. Season two, son! You could, you know, also maybe watch a good show? You be careful what you say about Fuller House. 
Michael and Bradley depart on their respective dates. We find Michael and Ellen at June Farmington's new Lower East Side Southern Fried Chicken joint. They reveled in the finest fried chicken and biscuits that New York has to offer. Ew. Minus one. Minus one, really? Oh yeah. That you would say that someone being a vegan is a deal breaker for you is a turnoff. Some people do it for health reasons and I don't think you should hold that against them. Why do you even care what they eat? I just love food. I just want to share my food adventures with them. Like if we went to Japan together, I would want to try a place that only serves like that awesome Kobe beef. I would just be really annoyed if I couldn't go to a place like that because she's vegan. Besides, you're not even a vegan, so hey, you know, plus one. I'll take it. Still a minus one for you. <sighs> okay, so fine. So what are your deal breakers? I used to live in Chicago and every dude was exactly the same. Like they grew up in the suburbs, went to a Big Ten school, moved to Chicago after graduation, worked for a few years, met a girl, married her, and moved back to the suburbs to have kids and start the whole process all over again. What's the deal breaker in there? I don't want to live in the suburbs ever. Like. I want to have kids, but I never want to move out of an urban area. I love never driving a car. I love being able to hear 15 different languages spoken every time I walk down the street. And I hate when guys won't compromise and at least entertain the idea of living in the city for the rest of their lives. I don't see how your hard and fast feelings on living in the city are any different than their hard and fast feelings on living in the suburbs. You said forever. There isn't any give in your goal either. You want another minus one? No, 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 you don't need to convince me. I lived in the burbs back when I was married, and I'm never heading back there. And you want to have kids? Definitely. Plus one and plus one. Hey, look at that. I'm back in the positives. So what am I playing to? What do you mean? How many points am I trying to get here? Like, what do I do if I get to, like, plus ten? Ha! <laughs> plus ten is a big number. At plus ten, I'll go back to your place. Ooh, deal. I'm sorry if this is too personal. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But what happened in your marriage? Why did you get divorced? There's really nothing to tell. We were 19 when we met. By the end of college, I was completely in love with her. I wanted to move in with her, but her parents were super Catholic. They didn't want us living together before marriage, and I thought, well, we're already in love. We're probably going to be together forever, so what's the difference? So at 22, I proposed to her. At 23, we were married. That's so young. Yeah, I know. In hindsight, I know. So we both decided to go back to graduate school. We were doing that for a while, but we were both in school during the day. I was bartending at night. She was nursing at night. We never really crossed paths. So for like three years, we actually didn't grow the relationship at all. So grad school ended, we moved up to Connecticut because I got a job up here, and we realized in that three years we'd actually kind of grown into different people. Like when I was here, I was kind of frustrated we weren't living in a city. She'd actually started taking horseback riding lessons, so wanting to move further out in the sticks so that we could get like a farm and some horses and do that whole thing. I don't know, we just started fighting about everything, like what do we do every night, or just kind of basic, basic stuff like who we were as people. We tried to make it work. We went to a counselor and a therapist for years. The therapist actually suggested that we take a break and do like a separation thing. It didn't go well. We were fighting even more. Like we just argued all the time and eventually she filed for divorce. Wow. I'm sorry. Do you still talk to her? Not really. Was it hard? Yeah, of course. I mean, and trust me, I'm leaving out all the awful parts here. But it was a time for me to grow and, you know, hoping to spin something positive out of it. I can safely say that after going through all that, I know what I want. And I know all the mistakes that I made, so... You know, I could have made the relationship better, and now I know it works. So what was the biggest thing you learned? Just communication. I was really bad about that. I would let things bother me, and I wouldn't say anything about it. They would just fester and then come back in really ugly ways. That was something I worked out in a lot during the couples therapy. Believe me, when I'm in a relationship again, I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm more communicative, and, uh, and I'm just going to be honest. Hmm. Good at communicating. Plus three. Plus three? She was fast-tracking you. Did you get to ten and win a sex prize? 
Let's circle back on that one. How did things go with you, girl? Oh, I got a sex prize. She was all about skipping the movie and watching Fuller House. And she was surprised that I wanted to because she thought I was such a movie fiend. I guess I am a movie fiend, but I'm also not an idiot who's going to tell a girl not to come to my apartment. So we get through two episodes and bang. Then we watch a few more episodes and bang. Then we go to sleep and I feel her pawing at my shorts at 4 a.m., but she must have been tired too because she stopped until 6 a.m. when she started up again and we banged. Then at 9 a.m. she wants to go again and I say no. And then it's like I hear glass shattering in my head because why would I say no? It's because I'm not interested anymore. It happened so fast. But like, I realized that all the fun conversation from our first two dates was gone. We just had TV and sex now. I'm not mad at TV and sex, but it's just not exciting or challenging. And the sex was good, but it wasn't like, the apocalypse is coming good. I just wanted her to leave. That sucks, man. But it was morning already, so it wasn't a problem, right? Well, okay. She was lingering, which, again, it should have been fun and led to a sex day, but I wanted her out. So I did something not great. Did you start farting or something? In hindsight, that would have been a better way to go. No, I uh, I told her about my ex getting murdered and said that it had me all messed up and maybe we should take a step back. Oh, my God. Dude, I thought it wasn't hitting you that hard. Sorry. Mike, it's not hitting me that hard. I just said that to get her out of my place. Gross. Not my finest hour, but who really gets hurt? I don't know, you and your soul? Dude, before you jump on that high horse, why don't you tell me what happened when you got those plus 10 points and we'll see where we stand. Okay, fair. So, yeah, I totally got to 10 points. <laughs> Nonetheless, man, the rebound has happened. D Say more things. Don't get too excited. Uh, we get back to her place and everything is great, right? I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited, too. Like, this is great. I'm really excited about this. Is it, Are you great? is it great? Are you excited? I'm, like, nervous and excited, and my body's starting to feel all tingly. So we get down to our underwear, and then she does, like, this really harsh stop. She beats around the bush after telling me she's nervous, too, and... She's like, Mike, I have herpes. And that's actually why she stood me up in the first place. So she just found out that day that we were supposed to meet, and she was freaked out. She didn't want to have to, like, talk to a stranger about it. Then she told me she's been depressed lately, like, really depressed, not just that normal amount of sad. That was the first date she's actually been on since she's found out. She didn't know if she could, like, get back out there again. She was nervous and actually started to cry a little. And then what happened? I told her I thought I should go. You did? I told her I couldn't be sexually active with someone who has an STD. It scares the shit out of me. I'm so confused. I thought you liked her. No, I really do. She's the first girl you've really liked since your wife, right? Yeah. Uh, Mike, you messed up. Something like 15% of all young people have herpes. And the odds of you being sexually active and not sleeping with someone who's had herpes are pretty small. Well, not you, because you don't sleep with anyone. But this is never going to happen now. And this girl told you she had it, which means she's considerate and probably treating it. And you probably wouldn't catch it from her. My man, so many people have herpes. I mean, I don't have herpes. I don't think I have herpes. But it turns out I like saying the word herpes. So basically, you think I fucked up. Yeah, I said that. And I should text her? Yes. Yeah, all right. You're probably right. Okay. I don't know why I flipped out in the first place. You wouldn't like my answer to that question. I guess it's the one thing I like about, you know, being this guy who's been in a relationship for a long period of time. I feel kind of clean, really. I haven't slept with that many women, and I feel like, to tell you the truth, I feel kind of pure. If I rolled my eyes any farther back in my head, my optic nerves would snap. Okay. I'll text her. No answer. It's been like five seconds. It took her three months to reply the first time. Yeah, but since we started texting for real, she's been pretty responsive. And so Michael waited, ruminating over his error in judgment. What did she say? She says she doesn't know who this is. She says, I don't know who you are. You've been texting me for months, and I want you to leave me alone. I'm blocking your number. This is Brittany. My name is Brittany. That can't be good, right? Wait, so she's claiming to be someone else now? Apparently. Hey, at least you're still clean and pure. <laughs> Today was created by Mike Tanzillo and Brad Garoon. 
This episode was written by Brad and Mike with production assistance from Toby Singer. Our theme music is Loveless by GoGo Ghost. Stalk us on social media at Tool to Date. If you have questions, comments, or the unbearable desire to be an angry troll, email us at info at tooltodate.com. Want to share your dating stories? Give us a call at 718-559-1040 and leave us a message with your story. If we get really good ones, we'll play them on the show. For more info, visit tooltodate.com. And while you're there, consider leaving a donation. It will help us make more shows, pay for more dates, and <clears throat> maybe give the narrator a raise. Darkest night, and we will glow in our places This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.